This is my instant reaction for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This is going to be spoiler-free up front. Heavy spoilers in the back end. Patrons are going to get this way early this time around. If you want these instant reactions even more instantaneously, you need to become a patron. Patreon.com slash binge movies. And you will get access to my instant, instant reactions. The rest of you are just going to have to wait. So let's start with the spoiler-free portion. I will very, very clearly demarcate when we get into spoilers, so don't worry about that. Okay. Multiverse of Madness. Hmm. I think at this point in the game, there are more or less two camps of people with gradations within those camps. It's not perfectly bifurcated, but it's more or less two groups. There's a group that tends to Okay, in generalities, tends to like Marvel properties. They may not like everything. They may like things to varying degrees. But whether it's the actors, the, the storytelling, the cultural significance of the MCU, or just the idea of superheroes and superhero stories and big epic action superhero stuff, and magic and witchcraft and other dimensions and whatnot, you just kind of like that sort of stuff. And if that's the case, you're probably going to like this movie. There's another group of people who, whether they're film snobs or whether they're just like, eh, I'm not a film snob about it. I just don't really tend to care for superhero stuff. Um, they are not going to be high on this movie at all because it's very thoroughly an MCU film. And that's what I would say about it. I would say on a script... Writing level, it is thoroughly MCU. I think it's a little bit less, writing-wise, a little less creative than the Scott Derrickson, C. Robert Cargill original Doctor Strange, uh, the first film, which I think is a, like a sleeper in my opinion. It's an underrated MCU film. However, if you want to see an MCU film that has, and this, I'm going to say this, it's going to sound pejorative, but it is what it is, an actual director who was given license to be themselves, And Sam Raimi is a very distinct director. He has a very distinct style. He has since he was in college, the original Evil Dead. Um, the, all of that style is here. So if you're like, oh, I'm kind of worried. This is Dark Man. This is Evil Dead. This is Drag Me to Hell. This is Sam Raimi. I would say this is more Evil Dead Sam Raimi. Not quite as like frenetic, not quite as funny. It's not Evil Dead 2. It's an army of darkness. But this is more of a horror Sam Raimi, even a little bit of dark man Sam Raimi. A little less quirky, but more so that than, say, the Spider-Man films. I don't think there's as much Spider-Man in this Doctor Strange. So if you're like, you're super high off of No Way Home, and you're like, oh, my God, Sam Raimi's returning, and I'm going to get Spider-Man 4, but it's going to be a Doctor Strange movie. I wouldn't go in with that expectation. I would say, this is Drag Me to Hell. This is Evil Dead. This is uh, more so Evil Dead 1 almost, uh, Sam Raimi. So, uh, not, obviously not as dark. It's Marvel and so forth and so on. But 
the tendencies are there and there are references aplenty, some obvious, some not so obvious. So it is, um, I think if you're a fan of Marvel, MCU in general, WandaVision in particular, or the character of Wanda Maximoff slash Scarlet Rich, and you like Sam Raimi, uh, or you like Doctor Strange, if you like any of those things, I think you're going to like this movie. My general impression of it was I thought the first half was okay to maybe even like good. Okay. But there's something, I don't know if it's exactly the halfway mark, but it felt that way. It wasn't clocking the time, but it felt that way. It felt about the halfway mark. It, it felt like it got really movie really like kicked into gear. And I thought the second half of this movie ruled. I thought it was awesome. Um, I've not been the biggest phase four sort of person. I would put myself in the first category. I like superhero movies. I like the superhero genre. I like high, like this type of fantasy, you know, traveling through other worlds and powers and gods and demons and devils and whatnot. I really like that sort of stuff. Uh, You know, robot suits and magic and, you know, what ifs and all that. So that's, that's kind of more of kind of my bag and it's all here. It's all here in the, this, this film. And, I just, I tend to be a little, mm, they still have to be like good or entertaining movies, you know? Uh, so I'm not like, oh, this is peak cinema, like some people are with Marvel. But I'm also not a film stop. It's like, this is the death of cinema. It's neither. They're just some movies. If anything, this is the most successful, longest running soap opera <laughs> that's been released theatrically in history. And that's the, the best way you under, need, need to understand it. And I think... Your satisfaction level may vary depending on upon how attached you are to all the different Marvel properties. And I would say that this is the first film where you need to have been familiar with at least three, if not four, of the Disney Plus Marvel shows. And this is going to be a real test for general audiences. So I think this movie is going to do gangbusters. I think it's going to make a shit ton of money. But I think the test for general audiences is going to be maybe you've maybe you're you're used to the previous phases where you just kind of showed up to theaters, you know, if the movie looked good, but you could still basically follow along. You know, you might miss this reference or that reference, but you could still kind of basically follow along. Um, I don't know that you could do that with this film. I think you we're now at this point. We've been there for a little while, but this movie in particular, I think you have to have paid attention and or grown an emotional attachment to a lot of different of the pieces of the story mechanics that have, have been happening on screen. Yes, probably right around infinity war up to this point, but also on television or on streaming. And if you're, if you haven't really been engaged or that didn't really land for you or those the series so far haven't really worked for you, then this movie may not work for you. Um, if you're just, if you're, it's hard with a Marvel film because it's so dependent upon your attachment association with all of the property. Um, you know, I don't know that you could go into this movie cold or uh, go into this movie lukewarm and really the stuff, the events in this movie are not really going to matter to you. And some of the things that happen to characters, I don't know that it would matter to you. The other aspect of the, this film is Marvel's now in this tendency of, 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 marketing every single movie as this is the most important Marvel movie that you have to watch this. This changes everything. This changes some things, but this is not an infinity war 
level end game level film, which some of the marketing would kind of lend you to believe. I don't really see it that way. Um, and I don't want to go beyond that for, because of I'd have to get into spoilers and I'll cover it more in the spoiler section. Bottom line is I thought the first half was good. Um, I think all of the actors are good. I think almost stealing the movie. And then I think here, here's how I'd put it. In the first half of the film, Elizabeth Olsen is, steals the movie. That's all I'll say. In the second half of the movie, Sam Raimi steals the movie. <laughs> the, at, at a certain point, the direction and the decisions that are made and, and, and the, the, the decisions that are made on a directorial level, it's the script is one thing, and it's nothing revolutionary, but how Raimi chooses to execute that script is so awesome and was so cool f- for me. And I was like, oh my, there's so much pizzazz and creativity and flavor and Sam Raimi-ness. And not that there isn't in the first half, but it, I think if anything, I'm so used to the second half leading into the third act of a Marvel movie being very bland. And the story is bland in the third act. But the direction is not. And I would say the acting isn't. That's the other thing. And this is a very well-acted movie. Benedict Cumberbatch is great. Rachel McAdams has a little bit more to do in this film than she did in, in the first Doctor Strange. Uh, and she's really good in this movie. Uh, obviously, Elizabeth Olsen's good. The young actress who plays American Chavez is very good in this movie. Is a great welcome addition. Instantly likable. I instantly was like, okay, I, I care about this person and I'm... I'm on their side. Uh, Benedict Wong, of course, uh, shows up. He's always great. Uh, he's, he's pretty good. I mean, everybody is good in this movie. There's, there's no bad performance or anything like that. I think the thing that I appreciated about the movie is it is a little bit more character-centric than the marketing would lead you to believe. The marketing would lead you to believe that it's going to be like all about the multiverse and then kind of the character second and it's actually the reverse which is kind of refreshing it's about the characters first and a bunch of different character arcs some uh character stories we're just getting familiar with or there's new wrinkles to them that we didn't know before and so it's more short-term stuff other stuff it's been going on since phase two phase three whatever so uh very interesting uh i i, th- I think I think more or less this film's a success, and I think it doesn't have the fanboy highs of No Way Home, but I think it's a better movie. I rewatched No Way Home recently, and I liked it, but watching it in a vacuum, I was like, oh, you know, the, the, the pop of, oh my God, they did it, the crazy sons of bitches, they did it. You don't have that because you kind of know what the surprises are. And the story is what it is, and it's fun. And it, and it, and it, the, the second, third act is, is pretty fun, but it just kind of is what it is. So I would probably downgrade that a little bit, but I, I still like it. This one, I think, is going to be more rewatchable because it is a little bit more character-focused. and Well, I'd say actually more, way more character-focused. And it is as marvel as the story is. It is a story, if that makes any sense. So I can't get in any more without giving spoilers away. So I will give you my review before the spoiler portion. On these instant reactions, I give, I kind of use the letterbox score, which is out of five, five stars. So I would give this, 
I want to give it like three and three quarters, but you can't do that on Letterboxd. I will give it four stars. Four stars. Jason from Binge Movie says, check it out. <laughs> I liked it. I think that you really want to see this in theaters. You really want to see it in a big, big, big screen. So those are my spoiler-free thoughts. Now we're going to transition over into spoilers. Looking for even more unique and creative movie content? Become a patron. Choose between three levels and you'll get benefits like a personalized membership card, exclusive shows, early instant reactions to new releases, episode voting power, live streams, and more. Join today. Patreon.com slash binge movies. Okay, these are my spoiler-filled thoughts of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I'm asking you, if you haven't seen the film, turn back. If you have, have seen the film, keep listening. Or if you just say, I don't give a shit, tell me what the spoilers are. So this is your last warning. Turn back now or prepare to have some spoilers ruined. No Tom Cruise, no superior Iron Man. He does not make an appearance. Uh, Bruce Campbell does. He gets two cameos. The end credit scene is him, and it's very Evil Dead-esque. Um, uh, Charlize Theron shows up and plays someone I don't know. Ask Joe from Real Spoilers who the hell she's supposed to be. She's got a sword that can cut through the fabric of space and time. Doctor Strange uses the dark hold and starts to become Sinister Strange. Maybe we meet Sinister Strange, but I don't think it's the one from What If. And all of the events of WandaVision and What If really pay off uh, here. For instance, we get Captain Carter, the first Avenger, as a member of the Illuminati. We get the guy from, uh, I can't remember his name, but we get the guy with the tuning fork in his head from the Inhumans. He makes an appearance, so they've incorporated in humans. Uh, who else? Uh, we get Rambo as um, Captain Marvel. We get the Ultrons, like the actual Ultrons, not the shitty Ultron that, J uh, that James Spader played, but like comic book accurate Ultrons. Um, we get alternate Christine, not the night nurse, but whatever they call her in this, Christine. What's her last name? Whatever, Rachel McAdams, we get her, and we get her alternate version of her. We get, uh, let's see, Defender Strange, Zombie Strange, which I fucking loved. When he becomes a zombie and it goes full evil dead, he's a deadite, I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. We get Wanda inside the Scarlet Witch. We get the Scarlet Witch, and then we get Wanda, who isn't the Scarlet Witch, in another dimension with those terrible kids from WandaVision who reappear although i may be wrong about this but one's definitely from one division i don't know if the other one just looks different or was recast but i don't know and i can i just say how does the last we see of those kids wanda is the villain of the piece the full-out villain and there's no ambiguity even from the very beginning within three minutes of us seeing her the movie's just like yeah she's a big bad and she is a true big bad, maybe one of the best, and here's why I think so. I liked Thanos. <laughs> I liked Thanos, and I thought Josh Brolin, his voice acting and motion work, I think when he, when he started actually being in the movies, I thought he was great. I, and and I, I think he is so good, and like I, ultimately I didn't want him to win, but I liked Thanos. And I like like the older version of Thanos who'd kind of learn from his ways and 
you know, not the end game Thanos, but like the one who was like, oh man, like, you know, what did it cost you? Everything. I thought he was like almost a sympathetic character and he was such a well-rounded character, especially for a villain, especially in the MCU that you, like I, I could, you understood his logic. So I really love Thanos. I love Thanos. I instantaneously hated the Scarlet Witch in this movie. I hated her at the end of WandaVision. You have families begging for their children to be released. And the, the TV show just sort of, oh, well, you know, blew it off. And, and Maria or Mariah or whatever her name is, Rambo, is just like, oh, well, you know, you sacrificed everything. And I was like, this is a fucking bullshit. She's the villain. This movie is just like, oh, no, yeah, she's the villain. She was not a, she's not the sympathetic character. You should not walk out of WandaVision with the lesson of like, mm, you should feel bad for Wanda. You shouldn't feel bad for Wanda. Like, listen, people face tragedy every single day. And uh, I, just because you fell in love with a robot and then the robot died doesn't give you the right to like destroy an entire town and like, you know, ruin people's lives for your imaginary children, whatever. And this movie kind of tangles with that. A little bit more. It does kind of brush off the Westview stuff, but it still gets us to the point where she is evil. And when I say evil, she's like Terminator level evil. She is maybe the most evil villain we've seen in the MCU. She's scary. She's demonic. She's straight out of a Sam Raimi movie. She's a Demon from hell. <laughs> That's the best way to describe her. And she does some creepy exorcist level shit in this movie. And it was, yeah. When she hijacks the mirror dimension and starts coming through the, woo. Yeah. Crazy shit, man. I, so I thought all that was great. And I thought she was really, really great. And I hope she's dead. And I hope she's dead for good. It's left ambiguous. But I hope she's dead. I have a feeling she isn't. However, Elizabeth Olsen is so good in this movie. She's really great. She really, really is. And uh, I think it's a good, if this is it, which I don't think it is, but if this is it, I think it's a good, a good stopping point for the character, at least for a while. Um, my favorite moment in the movie, as far as fan service goes, we knew Xavier was going to be in it because his voice is in the trailer. They're never going to be able to recap when Patrick Stewart is done, done, which I say, fuck it. Don't recast it. Just, just, just bring him in for real. And I say that because if you're at the spoiler portion now, he's dead. They kill him in this movie. Wanda snaps his neck, which this is like what the second or third time we've watched this guy die. The, the dark Phoenix killed him and snapped his neck or turned him to ash. And now he, his neck was snapped. He is in the 1990s floating yellow chair yes the one from the cartoon and i'm telling you hold on you hear the fucking 90s animated theme when he should you hear his voice off screen and that we should tell him the truth and then you hear da -da 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 -da. I, I was the only one that marked out i marked the fuck out i was in a giant sold out pack theater first row almost first row three rows back the place where it's uncomfortable for everybody else, totally reclined, fart my, fart my brains out, not really, but just stay there, and I'll have the, da -da 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 -da. 
<laughs> I went, oh! I was the only one. The biggest pop, two biggest reactions in the movie was when John Krasinski shows up as Reed Richards. And they actually, I thought, I don't, I'm not a big Krasinski fan, but I thought he did a really good job. And it was like, oh, yeah, he really is Reed Richards. Like, that is what Reed Richards would be in these movies. Will he come back? Was it a cameo? Was it a one-off? I don't know, because all of the Illuminati are brutally murdered. Captain Carter, vivisected by her own shield. The tuning fork guy from the Inhumans, that was fucking gnarly. That was Watchmen-level shit. When she's like, what mouth? And then he, like, screams in panic and blows his own brains out. That That got a huge reaction. People were like, oh! And not like in like a fun way. People were shocked that that level of violence happened in, in the film. I was as well. I was shocked as well. Reed Richards is completely unraveled. Like she pulls him apart like a Twizzler. I mean, it's fucking, there's some brutal shit. Again, for a PG-13 Marvel film, this thing gets dark and it gets brutal. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Did I miss anything else? You know, there's, there's Ash's car from the, the Oldsmobile or whatever from Evil Dead is one of the things that's floating in Sinister Strange universe. I don't think he's the Sinister Strange from What If. Uh, but I do think that's the Captain Carter from What If. But I don't think, because that's Sinister, the other Sinister Strange is in that cube with Ultron or that gem or whatever. So I think this is like another universe in which, uh, strange has been possessed or whatever by the dark hold. I thought this stuff with the evil spirits, the, the souls of the damned and the zombie. And I, I thought it was so fun. It was so creative. I love so many of the camera angles throughout this. Uh, I really liked this movie a lot. I really liked it a lot. And um, I, I thought it was just the perfect amount of cameos, the perfect amount of multiverse stuff. But the focus was where it needed to be, and it wasn't on like, oh, look at this, and oh, look at that, and oh, look at that. And that's kind of what No Way Home is. It's like, look at this, and look at that, and, look at, and it's really awesome. In the pack theater opening weekend, subsequent rewatches, I don't know there's going to be enough to it. But this film, the cool stuff is in there. It's there. I'm, I'm always going to get the goosebumps when I hear, holy shit, in a movie. But I am not going to uh i don't think i'm gonna have a big of a as big of a problem re-watching this one because i think there's some kind of a story here and again your mileage may vary but i'm down for this sort of stuff this is this is like true comic book like horse shit <laughs> and i'm here for it so if you're signing up for like i really want to feel something and i really want to like there are moments of that in there i some of the the strange and christine stuff at the end when she was like Face your fears, Doctor Strange. I kind of got choked up a little bit. And uh, I don't know. Rachel McAdams is great. So I hope they find a way of doing something else with her. I really, really do. And uh, I'll just finish this by saying, I already tweeted it out, but if Jason Reitman doesn't want to direct another Ghostbusters, he should definitely write and produce it. Goddamn, I think they should get Sam Raimi to do it. The scene where she dreamwalks the first time into the alternate reality Wanda and it goes full evil dead in the house. I was just thinking that needs to be a fucking, this is the sort of shit that needs to be 
in a Ghostbusters movie. We need to see a haunting that gets really fucking creepy. Again, like like the original film. Even Ghostbusters 2 to some extent. So, uh, Well, a boy can dream. Those are my thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, let me know what you thought in the comments below on Patreon. Uh, and yeah, uh, if you want to, if you're listening to this on the main feed, you can go ahead and find us on Twitter. Try to remain spoiler free. Not everybody's going to be able to get to this stuff ASAP. But if you're listening to this on the main feed, you really missed out by not being on the Patreon because you just missed our first live show. So we did a live stream of Deadly Prey and it was a heck of a good time. Uh, it may have been a disaster. I don't know. I'm recording this before I did it, but I know whatever it was, it was fun for somebody. Uh, so you missed that. You missed exclusive shows that only exist on the Patreon. So you need to go over there, check that out. Written stuff, audio stuff, uh, uh, artwork, behind the scenes stuff for the show, behind the scenes stuff for movies, all kind of shit. So you need to go over there, patreon.com slash binge movies. Plus you help uh, independent podcast out. If you're like, hey, man, dollars are tight, money's thin, I don't have any money to give you, leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcast and or Spotify, both preferably. That is the, one of the biggest gifts that you can give a show, especially an independent one like Binge Movies. Thank you to our patrons. Tell me your thoughts at Binge Movies on Twitter. What do you think of Multiverse of Madness? Am I out of my mind? If I turned to the dark side, am I sinister? Jason doesn't work the same way. But, uh, yeah, alliteration, man. Comic books love their alliteration. Comment below. Give me a J word that's not jealous. That would mean something like sinister if you can find one. And Jason. I say jocular, but that's not sinister. That's like ha, ha, ha. So find me a J word for evil. What would my evil corrupted self be named? Hmm. Todd? Hmm. Maybe. Anyway, until next time, binge on.